0: Four, four, three, three, two, one, 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 one. We have ignition. Strap in. You're listening to God
1: Stories Radio. God Stories Radio. God Stories Radio. Bringing hope and comfort through
0: the Christian testimony.
2: To this edition of God Stories Radio, this is Session sixty-five. I'm Fritz.
1: I'm Mike. Where is she? She's not here.
2: I think she's down Vanton in the Keys. Last yes, I heard,
1: in the Keys, and probably not very good. Uh, I mean, it, weather that you would expect at this time of year, anyway. But well, yeah. But they're still down there. Uh, where are all the sharks? <laughs> sharks. Uh huh.
2: Uh huh. I don't know. Do they? Does Jim fish? I don't know. What does Jim do?
1: He watches TV.
2: Yeah, we know that. <laughs> yes, he does. Well, there'd be nothing like watching TV at beachfront condo down in the Keys.
1: Well, you know how he is. It's it's certainly not going to be beachfront. Right.
2: Yeah, he wouldn't have got the room at the right price.
1: Uh huh. It would have had to been the bright price, no matter what, for him to go.
2: <laughs> ah, Trish, we love you. We miss you. And yes, we do even love Jim.
1: Yes, we do. Amen.
2: Well, Mikey, we got a, got a new country, I hear.
1: Yes, we do. Uh, we have 40 countries now listening throughout the world, and fantastic. the newest one is Ireland. Ireland? Yes. Wow. Top of the morning to you. That's fantastic. Welcome, Ireland, to the yes. show. And i got a few names that liked us on Facebook recently. Fantastic. Steven Rosenberg, Linda Rosario, and Luis Alfredo Nera. So thank you for the likes on Facebook. Welcome, guys. Thank you
2: for following us on Facebook. We hope that you're enjoying the show, and please reach out to us, uh, God Stories Radio at Gmail. Uh, you know, you can... Twit us. Twit us. Thank you, Mikey. Twit us uh, at uh, GodStoriesRadio. Hey, and check out our new online store. I'm really proud of this thing. I really am. You know, you can get your uh, Got Jewett Muscle Tea. You can get the God Stories Radio coffee mug, which every household should own one of those. At least three. <laughs> and when you buy these things, uh, a very small proceed goes to support us here at God Stories Radio. So look no further for your Christmas holiday shopping than GodStoriesRadio.com slash store. Yes. So... Without further ado, I'd like Mikey to, I'm so excited about our guest tonight, ever since we had OS 91 on a couple of weeks ago, and and Mary told us about our guest tonight, we have just been anticipating and waiting anxiously.
1: Yes, God opened the door for him to have a Thursday night off, especially Thursday night, this Thursday night, which we had nobody planned.
2: You know, it just doesn't surprise me anymore, Mikey. Really? Just the way that things work out, and the fact that we're sitting here recording session 65. 65. We move from the kitchen to the living room.
1: And then hopefully... What an upgrade. As we're praying for our home for GSR at this point, we believe that that's where our next uh, step should be. Amen. So uh, join us in prayer for that. But uh, anyway, so um, again, like you said, without any further ado, um, we have uh, Corporal Lewis Irizarry, and he is from the Orange County Sheriff's Office, and he's been there for over 18 years and he fairly recently uh had to uh, come to know operation safety 91 through mary and ed we didn't get to meet ed we wish we did but uh uh, but uh, lewis did his uh his testimony or his uh tribute to him uh, uh, a month or two ago so uh
3: we give you uh lewis welcome to the
2: show lewis hi thank you you for coming
3: thank you thank you for having me i'm honored to be here well, uh, my name is uh, Luis Arizari, as you mentioned. Been a deputy for over 18 years. Started out in 96 with uh, law enforcement. To tell you a little bit about myself, I was born in New York. and We won't hold that against okay. you, Luis. Yeah, uh, that's right, dude. Blank, we, we're not, we're blank, not, uh, blank space. Yeah, we're not uh, wasting any tape. Okay. I was born in New York, came to know God at an early age. I came from... Uh, broken home, you can say. I seen alcoholism take effect in my family, with uh, starting out with my dad. Uh, I remember when I was five years old, uh, actually the last fight he had with my mom, which was a fight that caused my mom to, to leave, leave with my brother and sister. I didn't see him thereafter. And at that point, we were living in Chicago. We moved back to New York, where I was born, and moved in with my grandmother. And that's where I got to know God a little better. I went to a Roman Catholic Church in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, was an altar boy. I remember walking to church, even when my family members didn't go. As a child, it's something that I always wanted to to be involved in was the church. Left uh, New York when I was about 12 years old, only because family members moved to Flor- Central Florida. When I got here, I kind of uh, lost touch with God I I lost I I wasn't really connecting with them only because I think it's just life as a a child kind of catches up with you and not only that my mom was a single mom I started working at the age of 13 years old wow Uh, started working at the age of 13 to kind of take the burden uh, away from her as far as raising three kids by herself uh, my uncle took me under his wing and was pretty much like my father figure. I graduated high school. I always remembered I wanted to be a police officer. To very, even at uh, when I was in New York, eight years old or so, I remember wanting to be a police officer, but it wasn't in the cards. I wasn't thinking about it, uh, even during high school. I went to college, got a degree in art in 92, where I met my wife. Funny is that. funny thing is that God placed her in my life at that point too only because uh, out of all the places once I got to know her we started out as friends come to find out her mom taught my whole entire family and didn't she didn't know me (laughs) I, I know God placed her in my life for a reason we ended up getting married in 96 and that's exactly when I started my law enforcement career back in 98 I almost died of pneumonia and I remember asking God, because at the time my wife was pregnant with my firstborn, my son. I remember asking him to to, to help me through it because uh, I almost, like I said, almost died of pneumonia. And I remember being in intens- intensive care for f- more than three days and just wishing that he gave me the opportunity to see my firstborn. And he did. He granted that. And I, I after that, I just moved on and just kept living I really didn't thank him enough for doing that started my career with the Orange county sheriff's Office in two thousand got hired on and actually at the time that was one of my biggest dreams I would talk about being a deputy for Orange County for many many years before I even became a deputy there Oh eight was another time that my wife actually I knew God was there was when my wife got sick or she didn't get sick, but she had uh, some complications during an outpatient surgery, which she almost died. I remember asking God there, please save her. I, I can't raise two kids. I had my daughter at the time. I can't raise two kids by myself. Miraculously, she came through. What happened after that, though, was, was pretty hard for me because I ended up due because of the complications. She ended up around the same time losing her job remember losing everything I lost my home I lost my cars I lost anything material that we had I was pretty upset about it and I remember just being very bitter and with this job I think you see a lot of negative you see a lot of evil and I had doubts I had doubts about God I had doubts whether or not God was there for me and like I said, with this job, you see so much happen that you question yourself a lot. Well, back in, after that, I just stopped going to church and my wife continued going to church. She started going to church and I remember her asking me to go to church and I remember how I used to be as a kid where I wanted, I had the desire to go to church. Now the desire left. And I didn't want to go to church. When she would ask me to go to church, I'll make up an excuse so I would work extra just so that I didn't have to go. And I remember her asking me to go and go and she would and I wouldn't go. So back in 2000, after the, after I'd lost everything in 2008, I just lived, and which is something crazy for me, <laughs> just to sit there and survive, especially in the line of work we do.
2: You're in well, good company here, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are <laughs> yep. real good company. <laughs> me and Mikey, similar story.
3: Yeah, and but that was
1: God seeing which way you were going to go with that. He was getting your yep. attention big absolutely. time, absolutely, and seeing which way you were going to take that.
3: Yeah, now now I'm looking <laughs> looking back at it. Yeah, I could say he he was, he was he was testing me, and honestly, I at one point, you know, we 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 want to throw up our hands in the air right. and say I give I give up. He was looking to see where your heart was. Well, and he
2: was stripping him of anything he had confidence he in, anything. And, in, you and he know. did. Thank goodness, it, uh, your wife wasn't included in uh, no, that list.
3: She continued on. She pressed Amen. on, and. You never realize how important it is to have somebody who's already there. Amen. Who has a relationship with God, especially when you go through anything traumatic or hard in your life. Knowing that you have somebody else that you can lean on and say, hey, it's going to be okay. God's here and he's going to help us. And I remember her saying that even when we were going through our financial hardships, that don't worry about it. God's got it covered nowhere, and I remember being a little bitter because I was going, "Where, where is he?" Mm-hmm. And she would tell me that all the time, and I, I kind of, I used to get upset about it. But like I said, thinking about it now, it's it's completely different. Well, moving on with my journey, I um, decided to to at one point when actually after we went past that, and I gotten a little better with with the way things were going and and things were going seemed to be going the right way in 2013 I decided to take a supervisor's exam and become a supervisor in the sheriff's office only because I wanted to lead young men and women and I felt that that was my obligation to the sheriff's office and for myself at that point God wasn't in, in the picture but I did it and thank God I passed. (laughs) Um, November of last year was another hard time for me. A couple days after Thanksgiving, I lost the uncle who took me under his wing when I was a child. And and that was another very, it was a very hard thing because he was actually uh, hit by a vehicle and, and left for dead on the side of the road. And I remember dealing with that and here we go again I'm thinking God why why would you let something like that happen to such a beautiful person who I mean he was a beautiful person to me he was he was he was an angel and I remember asking God why would you do that why would you and I that was just me because I didn't know I didn't know and I was a, I would asking these questions, and I'll be ups, upset about it, and I'll get angry about it. But I learned to live with it after November 2014, when he passed away. Well, in December of 2014, I was actually December of um, 2013. 13. Sorry about that. Turn. 2013, December 2013, I was asked to 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 become a acting supervisor because I haven't been promoted just yet. I was asked to become a uh acting supervisor or an acting corporal for a midnight shift uh on my side of the rotation. And without blinking an eye, batting an eye, I, I said yes. And this to me was a no no, but I I said yes, e- although I didn't ask my wife for permission. And and she's never told me anything as far as when I told her that I wanted to become a midnight supervisor and they asked me you know, to become that supervisor, I said yes. She didn't even get upset at me for saying yes. And that, that, that to me was powerful because she, she stood by me. Although I, did, I made a decision that would change, I think, our normal every day, she said okay. Well, that decision turned out to be life-changing for me. In January I I got to to supervise this young squad of young women and men and I was there for about three or four weeks so I got to know them pretty good and I remember saying I love this I remember telling my wife in the car "Uh, I I love doing this job I wish I would have done it earlier only because I, I loved seeing young men and women evolve and to being good deputies and now every day I came in wasn't well, I was completely excited about going in I mean I couldn't wait to go to the next briefing well right before well let me just say this on 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 Sunday uh, February th- February 9th it was a Sunday My wife went to to church. She went to the early morning service. And I remember missing it. I don't know if I was working or something. And I probably made another excuse not to go. And so that that evening went on. And she, she came home from that service on the 9th, February 9th and she asked me um well there is going to be a special service where we have our guest speaker that we had this morning she's going to be getting an honorary doctor's degree it's the pastor mary fran varallo she's going to be getting her, her doctor's degree t- tonight so if if you don't mind you you want to go i said sure why not she warned me and she told me well let me tell you something um I will tell you this. She's known to prophesy and, and and talk to people during her her sermon, and I thought to myself, "There's no, absolutely no way that this lady is going to pick me out out of a group of four or five hundred people."
2: Did you say never? I said never. Uh oh.
3: All right, we know what's coming now. Uh She said, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. So about halfway during her service, I can see her looking at me. And the funny thing was that I knew her, but I didn't know her. There was something about her that drew me to her. And it was the Holy Spirit. I know now Mm -hmm. that I knew her but I didn't know her physically. And she spoke to me and she she told me things that in front of the church that only I knew. Only me and God knew. Mm-hmm. Not even my wife. She told me about certain worries that I had in my life. And it was amazing for me I sat there and I still couldn't I couldn't believe it that she out of all these people she chose me no God chose you oh God chose me (laughs) yes He did. (laughs) and she told me about certain things and she told she spoke to me about um my health matter of fact she's told me something about my spine and she told me that she was gonna protect me with the by prayer in in the blood of Jesus Christ and I looked at her like okay Um, maybe I was in shock I didn't really absorb what she was telling me so we went to that service February 9th I left it and I wasn't I was completely in shock but I didn't tell my wife I didn't really express how I really felt well The next morning or the next day, the 10th, I was due for work. It started an ordinary day. We went to work, we went to briefing. I met with the guys like we normally do. I kissed my wife, I'd go go to briefing and talk to the guys about any newsworthy, anything happening in the the area we patrol. And I remember clearly that night, um, one of my supervisors coming into the room and saying, hey, look, we have an issue with a specific area in Orlando that's going through uh, lots of vehicle burglaries. And we want to catch those burglars tonight. And if you do, I'll buy you dinner. (laughs) And I remember one guy saying all right, you know, you're going to have to buy me dinner. And that was uh, Deputy Scott Pine. So I'm sitting there and briefing, and it's a normal briefing, and then we get done with briefing. I go to a convenience store with one of my supervisors. And what's so funny is that that night, my son... Lewis jr. he texts me the longest text message I've ever received from him and in that text message he thanks me for for being a father it's something that uh to this day just makes me tear up I remember telling my supervisor I have a great son In that text, he tells me, he goes, Dad, for some reason, I feel I have to tell you this tonight. And I cannot sleep. I have to tell you this. So I tell him, thank you. I love you. And we wrap up. So going on with the night, we get another call. We actually get a call for a burglary in that same area where we're supposed to be patrolling or actually doing extra patrol because of the problem. And it's a female and a male breaking into cars. Somehow, someway, we get information that they leave. And I... Say okay well they're gone let's go to the house and and just take this report and see what we can find out so what we do is we continue going to other calls my supervisor who I've been with at the convenience store and another deputy go to the area and they end up finding the female with the vehicle she was driving which is a stolen vehicle And they end up telling the other units in the area that the guy's probably still in the area because she's getting phone calls from him. So I'm a supervisor with about two or three other supervisors, and we start working the call by the numbers. We start getting units in the area. We start putting out descriptions of the guy and, and, and try to hone in on where exactly he's at Well, that night, after they find, they find this female and they start gathering this information, I don't know what it is with me. For some reason, I, I find people. I find either missing people, I find wanted people. It's always something I felt that I can do and I've, I've always had the knack for. Well, that night, I said, let me go to that area and see if I can find this guy as well. So I'm driving down this dirt road, not dirt road, actually it's a dark road. I'm driving down this dark road, and I remember shining my floodlights on both sides of the road. And I'm going, well watch me find them. I'm gonna be the one to find them. So I'm driving, continue to drive, and for some reason, I look at a church. And at the church, I see a patrol car see a floodlight I'm going okay well he's got that covered and I continue driving shortly after the church I'm at a red light about to turn onto the street I'm about to turn onto the street and at that point Deputy Pine says I think I got him here and that's all I hear I hear dead air after that. So I go, are you at the church? And something draws me back to that church. I go right back to the church, and there's nothing there. It's, it's pitch black, as if nothing was there. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm shocked. I'm going, that's weird. I just saw a car and I saw a floodlight and so as I'm looking frantically looking for Deputy Pine while I'm doing a U-turn I hear shots fired so I start driving to the same towards the same street I was about to turn onto 5 minutes ago come to find out that was the street he was on this is the street I was supposed to turn into five minutes prior. We're at that gate, and I'm I'm telling you, this gate does not want to open. I do everything to open it. We punch in codes. We try to bypass it because we have to. We can bypass it with our sirens, and it does not want to open. Going back at it, I think the gate opened when it wanted to open, <laughs> when it was ready to open. So I'm driving down the subdivision, which it's a pretty affluent subdivision. You wouldn't expect a call like this to go out in this subdivision.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And as I'm driving, it's like a tunnel, a dark tunnel. It's like a, um, the only thing that's breaking the, the darkness is my headlights. And I remember it's a car in front of me, a car behind me. That's another supervisor with another deputy. And when we get there... Um, I find the worst thing that any supervisor, any deputy, any person can ever experience. That same deputy who promised to find a burglar, and he did, was fatally shot. And at that point, I don't even know where the other... The perpetrators at I don't know if he's gonna ambush us but at that point I don't care At that point I run the deputy pine and I'm holding him and I'm telling him you're gonna be fine you're gonna be okay although I've seen people die I've lost count of how many people I've seen die and it doesn't look too good for him. But I'm trying to stay positive for him. Mm -hmm. Because I'm there. I wanted him to know that I was there for him. So I wait for the ambulance and it seems like an eternity, maybe a few minutes. So we go from being there to the hospital. Now watching him on on a bed, lifeless, And I remember thoughts going through my head, which was, this is it. There's no reset button. There's no, let's do this over again. You can't take your friends, your family, or anything material with you when that moment comes it's just you and God and your faith that's all so I'm sitting there at the hospital thinking this and I have to stay strong for the guys who I'm leading and I do I stay strong the following day I'm a wreck I play this in my head over and over again it's like a broken record Mm -hmm. what could I have done to save him. What could I have done as a supervisor to help him? Why did this happen? I was upset, I was sad. It was for me it was pure torture. Pure torture. You couldn't imagine. Well, the day at the funeral, actually at the viewing. We were there with the guys, and I remember his wife, Bridget, saying something to me that resonated. Because I didn't know Scott. As a Scott, I knew Scott as a deputy, but not Scott as a person, per se. Because in our jobs, we don't really have time to talk too much about our personal matters. And we just go out there and do a job. Mm -hmm. And she said to me do you know God or do you know Jesus at the viewing she says do you know Jesus Scott would have wanted you to know him that was loud Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the two by four on my head
2: that came just in time too brother cause Satan's best weapon is condemnation Oh, and I'm sure you, you experienced it. it. Yeah. Even after
3: that, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was the worst, the worst feeling. I you know. I, but when he said when she said that, I was I was like wow. I went to church. I was on a Saturday. Went to church on a Sunday, and I broke down. I sobbed like a baby in church. With my wife holding me, and I remember thinking how am I gonna get how, how am I going to get through this God, how am I going to go through this and get through this? I keep thinking about this and I keep thinking about how I could have saved them. I keep thinking I mean a thousand thoughts going through my head and I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, even, is this what I'm cut out to do? Am I meant to am I, am I supposed to be here? as far as doing this job that's the other voice Mm -hmm. yes that's the other voice (sighs) so I remember the following actually the next that Monday right after uh, I went to church Sunday I was due for my psychological exam and I'm thinking to myself how am I going to make this She's going to talk to me and she's going to think I'm crazy. I'm absolutely crazy. I'm, she's probably not even going to send me back to work. And I remember being a wreck. And something says, go to church. So I call my pastor up, Daryl Morgan. And I go, hey, you have time for me. You have time for a minute? I, I need to see you before I go to this psychological he goes, sure, come on in. So I'm sitting there in his office and I'm a wreck and I'm telling him, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. So there goes the question again That's I've been thinking about, which is, <laughs> do you know Jesus? He asked me that. Where are you with Jesus? Where do you stand with Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Have you asked Jesus to come into your life? And I look at him and I go, no, I never have. He goes, well, we're going to ask him today to come into your life. And we pray. And I ask Jesus to come into my life. I don't know <laughs> how this happened, but I felt and I know <laughs> It's something that's unexplainable. I felt an inner peace as soon as I did that. It was like all my worries were wiped away. It was an inner peace that I couldn't explain. And I was like, wow. Half an hour, half, half an hour later, I find myself at the psychologist's office, just doing my psychological exam. I remember being calm and she goes seems like you're dealing with this pretty good and i was like yes i am turns out that i end up talking to her and she ends up telling me her problems (laughs) (laughs) she ends up telling me where do you go to church and i am shocked because here's this professional who i thought two hours ago would have probably called me crazy and now she's i seem like i'm the same one Mm -hmm. um it's incredible i I was i was i was shocked well at that point i kind of walked out of there saying okay well god you're there for me and i know so i went and continued going to church I, i continued praying and one day my, my pastor I think it's like two or three weeks after goes hey um, this lady wants you to go to a luncheon uh, she men- he mentions her name it's, uh, it's a married gangster <laughs> and I go why does she want me to go to luncheon well she's insisting you go to this luncheon and I'm like okay well we'll see I kind of brush it off well A week later, I'm back at church, and this is during the week. She goes, hey, um, Mary called again. She wants you to go. Matter of fact, I have her on the phone. You want to talk to her? And I talked to her, and she is so joyous, and she's so happy to talk to me. And and, and I couldn't believe it. I was looking at the phone like, she doesn't even know me. But she's completely, and she's fighting for me to go to this luncheon. So I end up going to this luncheon that was at the time they OS ninety one Operation Safety 90, 91, They were um, it was a tribute to the military, and I'm sitting there thinking, what kind of uh, stuff is going to go on? This is before I walk into the luncheon. What, what are they going to talk about? So when I get in there, they 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 start talking about Psalm ninety one. Mm-hmm. And I see people, I mean, for me, very, um, for me, very respected people in the military going up there and giving their testimony. Uh, one of them being Col- Colonel uh, Danny McKnight, who's a national spokesman. And he and the others, I mean, I mean what, I, what I heard that day changed my life which was using, you know, prayer for protection. So after I left there, I began using, as a start, began using Psalm 91 as my prayer protection. Every day, I prayed for, for, for myself. I prayed for the guys working with me. I prayed for the families. I prayed for the innocent, the weak You know, I prayed that we go out there and do our job to the fullest. And I pray for protection, of course. Mm -hmm. Well, I continued using this prayer. And one day I'm sitting at a light, at a red light. And I'm talking on the phone. And all of a sudden I feel my phone fly out of my hand. And it was like in slow motion. I could see the phone flying. I could feel me being jolted forward. I could feel my spine crack from the very bottom of my, the the back of my head to the base of my back. It's like a domino. And I remember seeing a big truck, an SUV behind me. And us, us as first responders, I think we, I should have stood in the car like most paramedics would have told you to do, but I didn't. I'm a first responder, I'm, gonna, I'm always worrying about the next person and not me. So I get out of the vehicle and I look behind me. Initially when I get on the radio I say minor damage, I don't even look at my car. I was rear-ended by a drunk driver on a Monday who was probably going about 55 plus miles an wow. hour. And I remember dealing with her then looking back at my car going oh jesus. My trunk is in my back seat. My car is total. But I'm not hurt. My boss goes, "Hey, go to the hospital." Go check that. Get ch- checked out. You may need a, You may need something. I'm fine. Just go. So I go to the hospital and we sit there for a couple hours. I get a CAT scan. And the doctor comes back and tells me you're fine. There's nothing wrong with your back. Matter of fact, you may be sore. That's all. You're fine. And I'm like, wow. God, you really did. You really did a number today. You protected me like, like, like I couldn't even imagine. I was surprised to walk away from that. Mm-hmm. Completely surprised. So after, after, after dealing with that that accident, um, it was. It, I wasn't. I was in shock. I couldn't believe that he was there, and like I said, I I kept praying even after that I kept praying and I saw it and there were times I can use them I used them on calls I mean there were times I used God on my calls and I would go God you know protect us during this call and he would work his magic and at the end of the night nobody was hurt well matter of fact I had a call the other day which God showed his ways more than ever and that's one thing I guess being a new Christian you start learning little things and you start standing still enough to listen to what he's telling you in his lessons and I had a call the other night where it was a young little girl about two or three years old that was uh, found walking on the street at four in the morning and it was a fairly decent neighborhood and she had blisters on her feet from walking. She's about two or three years old, very limited vocabulary. You couldn't get much out of her, except for her first name and her last name. and maybe her mom's name. She gave me her mom's name. And this was a gated community, and I've seen cases like this. It didn't look like a case of neglect to me. I looked at it and I go, well, this looks like a case where a child just got curious. They probably didn't have any child safety locks or anything on the doors. And I end up talking to the little girl. She's giving me her first and last name and I'm like, that's all we have. So I send deputies through the neighborhood to look for these open doors to see where the child could have exited. And they're not finding anything. So I go back to the guardhouse. And I start asking for folks with that similar last name. And they're not finding anything. It's four in the morning and I'm thinking, wow, I'm the only supervisor there at the point at that time. And I'm going, two things can happen in this case. Either I call out the cavalry cavalry to look for, for this house that this child came from. Or worse, worse than that, I would have to turn over to DCF, the Department of Children and Families. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a case of neglect. It's just we couldn't find the parents. So I remember after I left the guardhouse, I stopped. Stopped my car on the side of the road, and I pray. I said, God, please let me find this child's parents. Me being a parent, I know that if I woke up in the middle of the night and didn't find my 16-year-old or 11-year-old in bed, I would be frantic. I could just imagine what a parent with a, with a, a three-year-old would feel like. Mm-hmm. So I end up talking to God and I ask him, help me find him I for a good five minutes. So I get back to the, to the car and at that point, she's with another deputy, a female deputy, kind of built up a rapport with the child. And I'm talking to the supervisor, my sergeant, and I go, well, we're probably going to have to call more resources in to find this child. child's parents because I can't, this, this, that's all we have left. A voice in there tells me, put her in the car and drive. This is the voice inside of me. Put in the car and drive. As soon as I hear, I tell the deputy, hey, put her in the back seat. I'm going to sit in the front seat. And we're just going to drive. And see, she points out the house. So I get in the car, I start driving. About four houses down, the child points at a house. Okay, this is weird. So I run... The license plate one of the vehicles it matches the first name that the little child told me so I go to the door I knock on the door nothing I turn the doorknob and it's open the door is open I call in and I get the residents out and as soon as they come out they think that their child's still in bed Mm -hmm. said no The mom comes out, she sees us walking up with the child. She starts crying, Thank you for finding my child. What's so funny about this story is that she was, I said, two or three years old, only knew her first name and last name. She wasn't visiting. She wasn't living there. She didn't live in that neighborhood. She was visiting. And she had wholly been in the house for two days when she decided to point the house out to me. And for me, that was a great moment. For me, especially with my walk now and how I see things now. Because at that point, I knew... God was with me. God was with me from the beginning. Not only did he protect me, but I found out just based on this one ordinary call Mm -hmm. that he was there to lead me. I just had to stand still. Right, you got to listen for that voice. Listen for that voice and be obedient to what he was telling me. And now I find myself now, I mean, I've turned, I went through many negatives, like I explained in my life, many, many, many negatives, you know, with starting from the beginning as a child. And now that I see it to me, I think it was just God set me up for the person I am now. And I'm excited. I'm excited about the journey he's going to take me on. Because I don't know where it's going. You aren't the only one. I don't know yeah. where it's going, but it's 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 going, and I'm going to continue leading young men and women, and and, and 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 if the door opens for me to to talk about God, it, I'm I'm, I'm going to take advantage of it. You know, um, I think we live in a society where sometimes we can't talk about God as freely as we want to. And like I said, when that door opens for me, I have no qualms about telling people who I believe in and how he's helped me in my life. Because this is something for me, this testimony and what I've given and what I've been through and I've seen it firsthand, it's something that they can't take away from me. Something mm-hmm. that I I personally dealt with and I've seen him work. And like I said, I'm gonna continue doing what I can to, be, to, 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 to honor him and to praise him. Amen. Uh, but uh, I said I'm I'm honored. I'm 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 happy to be here, and I'm happy that he's chosen me to be here tonight. We are too. We are too. Absolutely. Thank you, Lewis. So, no. so
1: you want to do any uh, plugs for anything? Probably OS ninety one, huh?
3: Oh yes, OS ninety one. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, I just want to say that OS91 has been the greatest thing for me, and I know they work off a lot of funding, and it's changed my life, and I just hope that um, you guys, anyone who, who's listening can go to their website. Um, also side Ministries, they've helped me out a lot. I've spoken at several of their, their uh, One Nation Under God tributes and i just want people to look at that the os 91 to see what it's all about and 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 help us because i think the more this gets out to first responders uh the more men and women we bring to to christ that's the biggest thing for me so uh just visit the website and And then you'll probably hear from mary when you do yeah that's exactly, right. Mary. Mary will find a way in your life. She'll find, <laughs> She'll hunt you down. So, <laughs> no luck. Uh, no uh, lack of spontaneity with her. Oh no, 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 not at all. Like I said, she's her and Ed. I think they've been. Um, they were great. She's still here in my life, and I know for for a reason. She keeps me. Uh, she keeps me. How can I say it? With within the word of God all the time because every time I talk to her she reminds me of of, of the good things and things that I should be doing and and she also uh, makes sure that I speak at some of these tributes and and I thank her for it because I think uh, maybe this is something I do need to do I I need to I need to speak this is what God's given me and I'm going to continue Praise God. Well, speaking oh, of yeah.
2: tribute, if I could just take a second, I was looking through the um, for Deputy Pine, and I I, I happened along a website um, where people can post reflections. Mm-hmm. And there's over 450 reflections on this website from people everywhere, from Florida to L.A. That posted something. but there was one that stuck out to me, and if I if I could. Um, just read it it's a poem actually by master sergeant retired Jane hostany from the Illinois State Police and it says he went to work that day and did not know this shift he served would bring such sorrow this call to duty would be his last his time on earth is now his past God set this day as his time to go rest in peace deputy pine now a hero. Wow. He gave the ultimate sacrifice. With integrity and pride, he paid the price. His family, friends, and colleagues will mourn. As an angel in heaven, he is now reborn. His golden heart stopped beating, hard working hands at rest. God broke our hearts to prove to us he only takes the very best. <laughs> wow. I-, I just felt like God wanted me to Amen. To read that, then maybe uh, that's so true. Maybe Jane Hostany will be listening one day, and she can give us a call. Oh, what a that poem! Was, that was thank beautiful. you, yeah, thank you, Jane.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm.
2: So wow, what a session sixty-five. <laughs> oh man,
1: what is sixty-six going to be like? What a
2: doozy, Louis. <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. Not everybody says yes. Yes, yes. No, thank you, Louis. And I no. could tell that some things were. We're kind of hard to talk about, and that's okay, because um, that's the, you know, in the Greek, testimony means to relive.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and that's what happens. That's it takes why these you back there. Are here. So Oh, yeah. A lot of people say yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm going to give you my testimony, and then when I get here, and relive that moment. Yep. Those tissues come
2: out. And that's why they get such an attack, you know, before they come, because there's such power in the testimony. Mm-hmm.
3: Just an amazing amount of power oh and i know i know uh said god is working i know that you're right about the attacks the devil doesn't want you to talk no no he doesn't no he He wants to silence you at all costs so and i'm gonna keep talking amen wherever wherever god leads me and keep reading that psalm 91 amen that's it keep reading it
2: (laughs) absolutely well i can't wait to uh be invited to the next big soirée. soirée that, soiree. that uh, <laughs> Mary throws a big a doozy of a soirée. Oh, out here.
3: she does. She does and like I said they're great at it. Wow. That's fan- fantastic. Wow.
2: well thank you guys for spending uh, almost an hour with it's us. Almost. We appreciate that. That about wraps it up for session 65. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. God bless. God
0: bless. I can only imagine